if we deal with just like the fact you mentioned, there's a spirit, there's a soul, there's a body. Um, the spirit you don't have to deal with be in, in terms of, when I say don't have to deal with, there's a born-again believer, when you see Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's a completed work. You can't, you can't change your spirit again. You know what I mean? It is what it is. It's born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. You're made in the image and the likeness of God, and your spirit man is complete. Then you have your body, which you all know is the vessel, like we said, but then your soul is where the challenge lies. And so your soul is really the determining factor in terms of the life that you're going to live and lead on the earth. And it's actually the one that you've got to focus on the most. And I know some people might be thinking, ah, this guy's talking nonsense, whatever, whatever, whatever. But the reality is many people that make the spirit the priority in terms of their focus, a lot of times we make everything just about heaven. You know what I mean? And yes, I don't want to say it's not a priority. It is the most important thing because without your spirit being reborn, without you being born again, you don't have access to any of the realities we've shared. You understand? So the reason why, but, but like I said, sorry, the, like I said, is that that is done by Jesus, not done by you. You just receive it by faith and the day you receive it, it's done. It's complete. That reality is set inside of you, whether you like it or not. The challenge now comes and the work now comes in terms of our soul and what we need to deal with in that place. Because the Bible says in 3 John 1, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things now, just as your soul prospers. Not your spirit. Your spirit is prosperous already. Your spirit has all the health, the healing, the love. Everything you need is found in your spirit, man. You know what I mean? So it's complete. But when you're dealing with your soul, your soul then allows it, through its alignment with your spirit, allows the flow from and the reality from the spirit man to flow through into the natural and be experienced in your body or in your natural world, if that's, what I, that's, if that's the best way to describe it. So you have, you have your soul, which is then this piece that sits in the middle last week, uh, two weeks ago, we dealt with it as, as being the medium, the mediator, like Jesus Christ, the mediator between the Father and us, you know, between the source and the object. So the soul is the medium between uh, your spirit, which has the reality of God, if you're born again, and the body, which has the natural experience in the earth. But your soul is made up of uh, your mind your emotions. And so even in your soul in itself, there's a complexity that exists, you know, so you have your mind, you have your will, you have your emotions, and then still in the mind, you have two components, which is really your conscious and your subconscious mind. Is some of you want to ask? Oh, okay. Sorry? No, it's, it's, it's coming in, Pastor, it's coming in. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, so you have your, then you have your conscious and your subconscious mind. And even as I'm speaking now, your portion of your mind that's processed, that's, that's receiving the information, you put it that way, is your conscious mind. It's your cognitive mind. It's the mind that has the ability to learn, to understand, and those kind of things that takes in information and receives information. Are you with me? So when you're dealing with, with, with that portion and, how, and the complexity of the two, you have your conscious, which is the portion of your mind that deals with receiving the information, and then you have your subconscious, which is your belief. It's when the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart. It doesn't say as a man thinks. It says as a man thinks in his heart, where at the core of him, at his belief system, in his subconscious. As a man thinks at the core of his being, so is he. It means that you love your life out of your subconscious and not out of your conscious. You know what I mean? So just the way God even revealed it to me is that you're, you're, you, when you, 
your, your conscious receives the information. It's the what. Let me just get the statement the way I want to say it. Thank you, Father. Now, I put it just somewhere. You, the what, in terms of the information you receive, the what, the information that you receive is in your conscious mind, but the how, dealing with how you process that information, is dealt with in your subconscious mind. So what I receive, my conscious mind takes in. So through my, my through my through my senses, sight, touch, taste, uh, smell, hear, and those kind of things. The, when I engage with the world around me, or when I listen to somebody, when I experience things, that's information that's coming in. So my my cognitive mind, my conscious mind, takes that information and tells me what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, what I'm touching, what I'm tasting. You understand what I'm saying? What I'm feeling in terms of my 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 my, my touchings. So it's it's giving it's gathering the information and processing what is coming. Then that information then drops down, and my subconscious mind then processes. It's the how it determines what to do with that information. And once I've made a decision around that information based upon what the belief system or the inner reality is in my subconscious mind, it takes that information, processes that information, spits out emotions, your feelings, spits out your will, your decision. So you make a decision based upon how you process that information. And once it's done, you've done that. Now it affects your behavior, your actions, and you experience that in the world that you live in. Does that make sense? So, so, so I experience something in my life. My conscious mind receives that information. It then comes into my mind and my mind then takes it and processes it through my belief system. And whatever my belief system is, it's going to determine the result of my life based upon what I believe, not what actually is happening. So something can, so the same thing can happen to two different people, but because their belief systems are different, the one's going to see an opportunity and the one's going to see a brick wall. You understand what I'm saying? So when the pandemic happened, some people saw a brick wall and some people saw an opportunity. Why? Because the perception is given by their belief system. Here's another thing, and I'm, not, I'm just sharing this thing because it's just something I thought about today. So Liverpool won the league this year. For the first time in 30 years. So think about this. So I see a guy this week, he's a Manchester United boy. He's like, ah, you won the league. Nobody's even making a fuss. It doesn't even feel like that because the league had to be extended. I mean, you play now. There's no celebration. There's no party. You know what I'm saying? So that's one way to look at it. Is that the pandemic happened, messed up our celebrations. And yes, they won for the first time in 30 years, which is a major thing. They can't celebrate it. So nobody really feels the elation to the, what we would have and experienced it with them had things been different. Here's another perspective. Because they won the league after 30 years when the pandemic, a global pandemic, shut down the world, it will forever be remembered because when did they win their first league after 30 years? When the pandemic took place. So it's a perspective. Heavy, eh? That's what God showed me today. He said it's the way that you look at things. You don't even know God is dealing with something else. Like you don't even know that a certain situation is playing out a certain way and you think it's a bad thing, but it's actually a positive. 
Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about the pandemic, please hear me. I'm just saying how, how what you see now in the challenge of an hour with the experience, it's actually going to be remembered throughout the history because they're going to draw a line. In 2020, it's going to be known if Jesus studies, and we, in 3020, it's going to be known that a century ago we had a global pandemic that had to shut down the world because we never had an answer. Do you understand what I'm saying? And what happened in the sporting calendar that year? They stopped us. But you know what? Liverpool won after 30 years. You, you, you get what I'm saying? So for everyone's going to be remembered. So I'm just saying, in terms of it's the perspective, it's the belief system. That's where they say, is the glass half empty or the glass half full? Are you a glass empty, half empty guy or glass half full guy? What are they saying? What is your view? How do you view things? And that is determined by your subconscious. So if we don't deal with the subconscious, we can hear good things all the time. But never ever live out of that space because we never ever get it deep enough and entrenched enough into our subconscious mind. So even as you're hearing this word, as we're dealing with the 10 realities, as we're dealing with the things, as much as you want this word and you want this to be your belief system and you want to be functioning out of this place, it takes work to get there. You know what I mean? And that's what we shared two weeks ago. Jesus says in John chapter 6, verse 29, he says, Jesus told him, he said, this is the only work God wants from you, to believe in the one who he sent. He's saying what? The only work that you have to do, because you can't work for your salvation. Your salvation is done through grace in Jesus Christ. By faith, I receive it. I did nothing for it. I receive the full reality of the kingdom of God inside of me. This is who I am right now. But in order to walk it out, I need to believe in the one who he sent. And he is Jesus. And he is the word of God made manifest. So if I want to know Know Jesus and I want to know the work, I've got to know the word. Are you with me? And that's the work. I've got it. That's why it says in Joshua chapter 1, it says, Meditate more day and night, and we observe to do according to all the discipline, and thus you will make your way prosperous and have good success. He says, What? You meditate on the word. Why? Because of your soul. There's nothing you can do for your spirit. Your spirit is done. But when you're meditating on the word, you're aligning your soul with your spirit. And the minute there's true alignment, there's an outpour from your spirit into your life. And you experience the blessing, the favor, and the overflow. That's where you, you get what I'm trying to say. So, so that's the work that we need to do. And that takes an effort. And sometimes we hear the message by the pastor. We hear, you know, the pastor says, no, you are healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. And that's the reality. But the problem is that your subconscious don't agree with that reality. And so when your soul is out of alignment, it won't receive the healing that is already there. You with me? So our job then, our work then is to meditate on those things. It's to focus on those things, on the word of God, on God's promises, what he said, da-da-da-da-da. What's the reality on the inside of you? And as you meditate on it, as you focus upon it, as you enforce it, you know what I'm saying? And that's where it's happening in your cognitive mind. As you keep repeating that thing, it then drops down into your subconscious and becomes a part of your belief system. That's why some people, uh, like Kenneth Copeland, for example, he doesn't believe he must be sick. He doesn't believe in sickness. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't believe that he should be aging like the rest of the world. He doesn't believe it. And if you look at that man, that man's 80-something, 80-something, and he's moving on that stage, bro. He's preaching the word. He's next level. Why? Because the word of God is his inner reality. It's his belief system. He's aligning with the reality of what's in his spirit, man. And so there's a continual release from his spirit into his life because he's living out of an inner reality and not by the things that he's gaining on the outside. So anytime he receives information, if he receives symptoms of sickness, think about it. If he receives symptoms of sickness in his cognitive mind, let's a bit of a snip snip. What do we say? Shoot, it's flu season again. I'm going to get the flu. That's your reality. You know what I'm saying? So you can say, by Jesus, I'm healed. But your inner reality actually opposes that word. 
So shouting something from afar is not really faith or even a declaration of faith. When you speak something out of an inner belief, it has the power to change things in your life. Why? Because it comes out of a reality. It's a divine alignment with the reality of God inside of you. And that's the difference. So when you're dealing with your subconscious stuff, it takes work to get there, guys. It's not a simple thing as I can say it once or no, the same way that you were that you were so um, how can I say the same way that you were so focused and had to learn so many things to get the wrong mindset is the same way you need to be focused and work on getting the right mindset. That's why the enemy knows. Hear me. This is and this is not a, a devil thing because many times the things that you're facing in your life is not the devil, it's you. We blame the devil. Yes, the devil is responsible for the fallen system that we live in. Yes, he's responsible for the systems, the, the, the demonic systems that's in place. But the real reality is, is that the way you respond to those situations that determines your reality. So many things you are doing in your life, you're doing it not because it's the devil or that's done something to you. It's because your inner reality is drawing that thing towards you. So until you change your perspective, until you change your belief system to believe in the word of God and what God says about you, you will never live and experience that full life that Jesus Christ came to give you because you're refusing to put in the work with the word of God to believe what he says so you can walk in victory all the days of your life. So it's not the devil many times, you know, he takes, he takes the gap that you give him. But I also got to give him because remember Jesus, he stripped him from all power. To harm you. He says he's got no power to harm you. By no means, by no way he can harm you. Why? Because he slipped him when he defeated him. We give him power when we refuse to change our belief system and when we feel the symptom of sickness or when we see the symptom of lack or when we see the symptom of broken relationships. We refuse to respond the way the word of God wants us to and therefore we don't get into step into the power that God has got for us. Are you with me? So when we don't understand this dynamic of our conscious mind and our subconscious mind, which is our belief system, our paradigm, our paradigm, our worldview, we will always remain in a place where we remain in our situation and our circumstances. And that's really what we touched on the last time we reconnected. We dealt with the fact that it's going to take work. you got to get into the word. You know, people look at me and say, oh, you know the word. I don't know the word because I want to know the word because I want to be religious or holy. I need the word. I need it to survive. I need my mind in tune. I need to stay in the word to stay in faith. I need to keep the word to, to remind myself. No, because you see, think about it. If information, they say repetition. Inside of you, um, it produces inside of you. It drops down into your subconscious. So when I keep hearing something over and over and over and over and over and over and over, eventually it sits down in my subconscious. And now I function like that thing because that's my belief system. So if I keep calling my child stupid, he's going to continue down that road and eventually he's going to end up being stupid. Why? Because stupid is shaping his belief system. He believes he is stupid. But if I keep calling him a champion, he's going to be destined for greatness. Why? Because I've set it in his belief system. He can only see the world through the eyes of a champion. Put those two in the same room. One's who a victim, one is who a champion, and put them in the same situation. The one's going to get the answer, the one's not. Why? Not because he was smarter, not because he's more intelligent, not because he did better at school, but purely because of what he believed. You with me? So that's why the Bible says you must love. We say you must love from the inside, not from the outside in you, but you must love from the inside out from a place of victory, strength, and power that comes through Jesus Christ.
Amen. So if you're dealing with that, if you're looking at that um, and looking at how do we now shift from the place of uh, I've grown up in this environment, think about it because the enemy knows that repetition is a motive for learning. What's he going to do? He's going to put you in situations, in environments and circumstances that's going to keep reinforcing the wrong thing. You understand me? So you grow up, he messes with the family structure, he messes with society, drug addiction, all this kind of stuff. Like I'm saying, those things... <clears throat> Our systems and stuff put in by the enemy, but we still have to choose. And when we're ignorant of what the Bible says, don't be ignorant of Satan's, of, of Satan's devices. When we're ignorant and don't know these things, we pray, we fall prey to them. And so we consistently stay in cycles that produce nothing in our lives. We're always being hindered. We're always never getting the victory, never getting the breakthrough. And we blame God. But God's saying, I give you everything. I gave you everything in your spirit, man, already. It's your responsibility now to work out your salvation. You with me? So, so, so when dealing with the subconscious and the conscious now, you, you're growing up in an environment where things are repeated around you. That's why even, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but even music is important, guys. The music that you listen to. You know, um, there was a song that, that's, that was called Suicidal. Now, I don't know if any of you remember it. Do you know how catchy was that song? Yo, you can listen to it once and you will sing it the whole time. What's it? It's meditating on something. So where you're consistently singing the song, it's producing a suicidal attitude inside of you. And people think that this is nonsense. It's the reality of how we design to operate. It's a seed of suicide that you continuously sowing in your life. And we never, ever had a thought of it before. Now, all of a sudden, we're just thinking that suicide is a way out. Why? It's a repetition. You consistently hear that song. That's why it makes number one. So you're consistently hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. You know what I'm saying? Why? So it can start to infiltrate your system of belief and now you live out of that place where if things get too tough, things get too tight. And I'm not saying people's situations and circumstances are not uh, that bad or severe or challenging. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being um, unsympathetic, unsympathetic to those things. What I am saying is that where, where if you, had a, if you had, were living out of the, the, the space of victory inside of your spirit, you would have chosen maybe a different option. You would have looked maybe a different way. But it's because of what we've been sowing that inside of us that we're struggling to, make, to, to break through. We're struggling to get to the levels that God wants for us because our belief system currently is opposing the word of God. Amen. So let's deal with it quickly. So 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 in the Amplified says, And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in the ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So he's saying, when we look into the word now, speaking, it was dealing with Moses in the previous verse. So when Moses, looked, Moses had, a, had put in a veil because of the glory of God, because he was in, in God's presence so long. But now it says, we have an unveiled face. We can look into the word of God. And it says the word of God is in what? It's the mirror. It's called it as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. So he's saying, when I look into the word of God, it's a reflection of Christ coming back. God's glory, the fullness of him manifested in us. So when I look in the mirror, I see the full reality coming back at me. Are you with me? What's in my spirit, man? I'm in the image and the likeness of God. When I look in the word of God, I'm seeing the fullness of God coming back to me. So that picture that I'm seeing in the word of God is actually the reflection of what I'm supposed to look like. Are you understanding me? Because like you're looking, we're looking here now, I can see myself in here, right? 
And if I'm looking in here and say something is out my behaviors, out whatever, I have an image already inside my belief system of what I'm supposed to look like. So my ears may be turned to the other side. So I'll use the mirror to make a change to make it look like I know it should look like. I know you want to look like me, Gif, but it's okay. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so when you're looking into the Word of God, you're looking into the mirror, and you're looking into, into the seed that you were born from. And so all the fruits that you see in this thing, the picture, the image that you see in the Word of God is actually what you're supposed to look like. That's the image. So as I continue to look in the mirror of the word of God, I need to make the changes on this side in order to line up with that picture because then that must become my reality. That's what he's saying. And then he says, uh, if you behold him in the word, you are constantly being transformed into what? (laughs) Into his very image. So the more I'm in the word, the more I'm being transfigured into his image, the more I'm going to begin to look like him and live out the reality that Christ lived out. Are you with me? So, let's go. So, if I take that, right, and I deal, and I deal with the fact that I'm looking in the mirror. Now, I want to build this reality in the mirror inside of me in my subconscious. The Bible says I must meditate on that information day and night, which means repeating that stuff over and over and over until it beds down and becomes a part of me. So that's me receiving the new information. That's number one. Receiving the new information, using it and meditating on it to start to embed the new reality on the inside of me, in my soul, in my subconscious, to align with my spirit man. Right? Here's the challenge. There's an existing belief system that's already there. I think that was really your question. There's an existing pattern, and that comes from the influences of your growing up and those kind of things, the things you experience, blah, 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 which can deal with so many issues and so many things that oppose the word of God. And that's been the ploy and the plot of the enemy. That's been his responsibility is to put the long the long belief system inside of us to give us the wrong information and then to set something inside of us that opposes the word of God. It's then our responsibility to undo that thing. So, and that's why I say to the guys who many times, I mean, I've seen it to you before. I said, the problem with us learning at the age that we're learning is the number one thing is what we have to first unlearn before we can learn. So we're hearing stuff, the things we must do, but we're opposing it because we have a belief system that shoves and pushes and resists and hits against it. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I want to touch on this scripture. It says in Hebrews Verse 12, 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off, listen to this, every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has said before. So one version says, let us lay down the weight and the sin. It uses two separate const, uh, uh, two separate things. You know what I'm saying? So, I want to take it from that perspective today because sin is sin. I mean, it's simple. Even even in its definition, if you, if you, I think everybody to the greatest degree knows already what sin is. You know what I'm saying? And sin is easy to, 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 to identify because sin is what opposes God. You know what I'm saying? So there's a definition for it. There's a way to define it and to see it. Anything that opposes the law of God is sin. And so, yes, we, we've been, we don't have a sin nature anymore because our seed has changed. But we still do acts of sin, are you with me, because of the old man fighting with the new, the old belief system fighting with the new system of belief, you with me in your soul. So the sin portion is, is something that you need to deal with. It's not something I want to touch on tonight, but sin, you ask for forgiveness, you walk with somebody, keep yourself accountable to somebody, especially 
things are destroying your life, messing with your life. It takes, yes, it takes the word of God, but there's other practical interventions that you need to put in place depending upon what it is in order to walk free from it. The thing that I really want to tell you tonight is the weight. Because the things that are, are weights, weights can sometimes, uh, I don't want to say it this way, but it almost seems like it's justifiable. And the reason why I say that is because weights is like, you know, bitterness or unforgiveness. So I, I choose not to forgive somebody because they hurt me. It's almost in natural terms, it's justifiable because they did hurt me. It's not like I made up the fact that they hurt me. No, they hurt me. They were abusive towards me. And so I'm not forgiving them. Why? Because they actually hurt me. So that's not like really sin. You, you get what I'm trying to say? In terms of the way we think about it. But it's a weight. It's something that's going to stop you from getting to where you need to go to. So there's, for me, I broke it down. I said there's two things that weights can be for. One is to stop your growth. So you know like if you have a paperweight and you, you put your papers on a table and there's wind, they put a paperweight. It's a little weight they put on the paper to keep it in, in the same place. So the enemy uses weights to keep you in the same place so that you don't grow, you don't move forward, you never progress. And that these are attitudes and mindsets that you have where you're dealing with, like I said, unforgiveness, where you're dealing with bitterness, where you're dealing with hurts, where you're dealing with uh, insecurities, where you're dealing with all those things that messed you up on the inside, things that have happened in your life, things that challenged you in your life, things that people constantly said to you what your friends keep speaking to you, all those kind of things actually start to build the image of who you are when you receive those words and meditate on those words. And let's be honest, it's easier to meditate on the thing that's wrong with you than the thing that's right with you. With me. So many times we stay so focused on our mistakes that we only produce mistakes. And that's not God's intention. So if, if, we, if we keep receiving this thing, it's going to stop us from growing. So I speak a word, you know, uh, even if I just deal with, if I take unforgiveness as one, they say unforgiveness, uh, staying in a position of unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. When you keep on to unforgiveness, it affects you more than the other person because the reality is that they didn't even care that they hurt you but you sitting with the baggage, the weight the heaviness of that situation and even though God wants you to move forward even though God wants you to break through you can't break through because that thing is sitting inside of you it's creating a blockage from the flow of your spirit to receive that in your life, that's why even Jesus when he was on the cross, what did he say? In Luke 23, 34, he says, Jesus said, Father, forgive him. Now hear me. They spat on him. They beat him. They whipped him. They messed his body up. They let him get, they, they crucified him. They messed him completely. And at the end, when they hurt him, they spat on him. Uh, they, they mocked him. Whatever it is, that's the worst kind of ridicule you can ever find. On the cross says what? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What is he saying? I don't want the toxicity of unforgiveness to sit inside of me and mess with me. I release these people because it's better for me to be released from them. You understand? So that I can live the life that God has called me to live. So even for us, and this is what I, I shared even when I, when I did my dad's funeral, is the thing is that many times even we have challenges with our parents, and I know there's many households that's messed up. I know there's many parents that did things that many will say is even unforgivable. You know what I'm saying? But the reality is that if you refuse to forgive and walk free from that thing, it's going to keep you bound for the rest of your days. And even though you want this life that God has got for you, you're going to be all responsible to let that thing go. Because here's the thing, there's a, there's a parable, and I know I'm running out of time, but there's a parable that says, uh, where, G, where, where Pete comes, he says, 
uh, he speaks about forgiveness and he says to him, he said, Jesus says, here's the parable. He says, listen, there's a guy, a rich dude, who borrowed money to two people. One was, say, $10 and the other one was $1,000. I'm paraphrasing, it's not for real, it's the numbers and stuff. He says, one was $10, $1,000. One day, the master called them both in, says, I'm releasing you of your debt. You don't owe the debt anymore. And then they leave and he says to Peter, he says, now who will love the master more, the one who was forgiven little or the one who was forgiven much? And Peter says, yes, the one who was forgiven much. He says, you are right. He who is forgiven much will love much. And that's the difference. You see, so many, so many times we forget what God forgave us of and the mess that we had because your salvation is personal. It's not dependent upon anybody else. And that's why I even could be released my dad and release, release me even from that, from those things, and have such a good relationship for the last 13 years of our lives. Because why? I knew the life that I lived. And for Jesus still to give me a chance, for him still to make a way to forgive me from the things that I did in my life, which I should never deserve to have the life that I have now because of what I did. But through grace, he made a way for me. How can I hold on to something when somebody else should be receiving grace from me like I received from Christ? So even we, and I'm not talking about you allowing people to manipulate you and mess you around and abuse you. No, it's forgiveness is a hard thing. I'm, this, it, God restoring relationships is a whole nother level together because you might be counsel, you might be third party, whatever it is. But in terms of your life and being able to walk free, you need to make an internal decision to forgive so that that weight doesn't stop you from receiving all that God has got for you and walking in the fullness of it. Because it's like, you know, when you put a blockage in a tap, you have a flow from your spirit that needs to come and produce a reality in your life, but there's a blockage in your soul because of unforgiveness, bitterness, uh, you envy, you jealousy, you, uh, you're not never content, you're never satisfied. Those things are problems that you need to deal with inside of you and work those things out. You know what I mean? So number one, a weight can be something that will stop you and hold you down. Or number two, it can be something that builds your resistance. So every time you deal with a weight in your life, the same like gym, you know, when you start gym and you start pushing the weights, you start on one weight. But the more you push that weight, you can actually lift and add weights to it. Why? Because you're building your resistance. So you'll find out that as you, you learn to deal with unforgiveness, you learn to deal with bitterness, you learn to deal with jealousy, you learn to deal with insecurities, and you have small victories, eventually, it doesn't even matter. You, people are saying negative things about you. You can't even hear it. Because inside of you, you just don't believe it. That's why Joel Osteen, I love him. He says, you know what? I don't believe that anybody hates me. I believe everybody loves me. And people write, uh, uh, go into media to, to go up against him. But he says, they asked him once, they asked him in an interview, what do you think about this? He says, you know, I just don't believe anybody hates me. I believe everybody loves me. What's that? What is he saying? People laughed at him. But the reality was, in his belief system, he was living a certain way. So he was living free from people's opinions and never bound to anything from anybody.